Hello, and welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are a faith-filled, family-focused church located in Lakeville, Minnesota. In a moment, you will hear a sermon from one of our pastors. We hope that you enjoy and grow closer to God through these messages. And now for a message from a special guest. Sorry about that. Good morning. God bless you. Can we just put our hands together and just bless the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. Praise God. If you don't know me, my name is Darnell Williams, my wife Charlene. We are blessed to be part of the uh, teaching team, preaching team here at Celebration. And I am grateful for the opportunity to share the word this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. We've been talking about battle ready. And today I want to share a message with you entitled Truth to Survive Tough Times. Truth to Survive Tough Times. There is truths that might be my truth. It's the sound of our generation, my truth. There are things that are objectively true. You have two things, you add two more things to them, you've got four things. But then there's a truth that is God's truth. And that's the truth I want to talk to you about today. Because it's God's truth that will help us survive. Now, I know some of you may say, Pastor, I don't want to just survive. I want to thrive. And I agree with you. But sometimes you can face difficult seasons, hard places, tough times, that just surviving is success. That this is not the time for me to think about five years in the future. I got to figure out how to make it through this dark night. I'm dealing with something that I have just got to believe God to get me through to take the next step. Because there are some tough times we can face in life. Amen? Amen? Truth to survive tough times. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14, Paul begins to list out for us what we know as the armor of God. And he says, stand therefore with your waist girded with truth. Sometimes in English it's translated as the belt of truth. Sometimes it says, King James says, have your loins girt with truth. The belt of truth. Having it fastened around your waist. Like a belt. Take the truth and wrap it around your waist. Why is it important for us to be girdled, to be to, to have the truth buckled around us because the waist is what gives our 
upper torso the strength to stand upright. And just like if I have back trouble or back issues or even sometimes as we start to get a little older, you got to sometimes stretch and move and make sure everything falls back into the right place. But in the spirit, we need this truth to help us stand strong, to stand firm, to be able to face into these tough times and difficult seasons we see ourselves in. The imagery Paul is portraying for us is that of the Christian being in the, in the army of God, that we have been equipped with our uniform our battle-ready equipment that we need to go out and engage and fight and do warfare with the enemy. Notice with me that we do not try to win the battle. We operate from the standpoint we have already won the battle. Come on, somebody. We're not fighting to win. We fight from a place of winning. We know we've already won. My mentor used to say, we're never down. We're either up or we're getting up. We fight from a place of winning. I'm not a loser. I'm a winner. Come on, touch your name and tell them, I'm not a loser. I'm a winner. I'm a win. With God, I'll always win. Come on. Come on, say that. With God, I'll always win. Now, it might look like any given moment I may be losing. It might look like at any given moment I may not be winning. But God has an economy that ensures in the end I will win. Come on, can you say that? In the end, I know I will win. I know I will win. The belt of truth is important to us because as we gird ourselves or gird ourselves or buckle truth around us, it's the truth that helps us to be able to stand. It's the truth that gives us the courage to face into dark days and hard seasons and difficult places. It is the truth that we know that girdles us up, and makes us strong. This idea of God girdling us with his truth can be weaved throughout all of the scriptures. Let me just show you about a handful of times where this is talked about in the Old Testament. 2 Samuel 22 verse 40 says, For thou hast girded me with strength. Have you ever been facing a time, a season, warfare, where everything going on around you says you should just give up, you should just give in, you should just throw in the towel, you should just walk away, but somehow you find the strength. Somewhere, somehow, God channels strength into you that gives you the ability to stand up in the midst of the battle. That's when the belt of truth is operating in your life. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 18 talks about how when they were building, so they had the hammers and the chisels, 
to build the wall, but they also had to have the sword girded at their side. Why? Because there was an enemy that was coming to try to stop, to block, to hinder progress. And they knew what they were tasked to do was so important that they could not let the attack of the enemy hinder them from doing what God had called them to do. That's the picture of the believer, that we are progressing forward. We're taking ground. We're taking territory. And then the enemy comes to test, to try to make us retreat and move back. I cut my teeth listening to a guy. Some of you may be familiar with him. His name was Walter Martin. He had a, a radio program called The Bible Answer Man. Anybody heard of Walter Martin, The Bible Answer Man? And Walter Martin used to say that the armor of God protects the front-facing Christian because the enemy should never see our back. Psalm 30 verse 11 says, you've turned my mourning into dancing. Can we just stop and just give God praise that he's the God that can take our mourning and turn it into dancing. Hallelujah. The psalmist said, you have put off my sackcloth, my, my garment of grief, and you clothe me. It literally says in Hebrew, you've girded me with gladness. If there's something that the modern Christian is missing, it's gladness. Somehow the enemy has gotten a foothold of robbing us with our joy. And we find ourselves walking around and we're grieved and we're heavy and we're sorrowful and we're sad. But I'm so glad that God is a God that can bring joy into our life. Hallelujah. Can you just begin to just celebrate God releasing joy over you? I know you may be in a tough place and a rough time and a hard season, but we serve a God who wants you to be joyful in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Samuel 25, verse 13, David, who we're going to study in just a moment, says to his men, every man gird on his sword. Did you hear that? Every one of us must gird up our sword. We know that in, in our warfare, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. And David says we must take up that sword. Listen, I believe in intercessory prayer. I've had to, and my wife especially, serves as, as intercessors. We pray for our son every day. We pray for believers and leaders and Christians and the men and women of God, but there is a place that with the best intercessors in the world, there's a place you need to stand up on your own two feet and take up the sword of the Spirit and ask God to give me the strength to fight in this battle. In the Old Testament, there's a story of a man who defended his field and he took his sword and he began to fight the enemy with this sword so much so that his hands clamped down and cramped up on the sword and even when the battle was over, he could not let go because he had, he had so attached himself to the sword. Listen, we've got to become so committed to God's word that we will not let it go. It's not just there for us when we're in the battle. It's there for us to live and to maintain. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word of our God stands forever. The truth. 
I want to tell you three truths I want you to walk away with today. Number one is the truth of God's person. Can you say that with me? The truth of God's person. Who I know God to be. Who I know him to be. Who he has proven himself to be. The faithfulness of God, the the, the grace of God that he's shown over my life. The way he's always, someone said he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. God has effectively built a resume for us. That you and I have lives that are marked by altars that we've had to build on our journey of discipleship. And as we walk with the Lord through life, we stop and we build these altars, places where God shows up, that we memorialize his faithful work in our lives. So we need that truth of God's person, his character, who he has proven himself to be there. The second truth we need is the truth of his promises. That he has made promises to us and that his promises are good as a check you can deposit in the bank. That God's promises are faithful that they will never fail. And the third truth is the truth that God's presence abides with us no matter what we may be facing. There's a children's book that I thought was appropriate to talk about as we talk about truth to, to, truth to survive tough times. And it's called Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. <laughs> Any of you ever heard of Alexander and his troubles? Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. You know, sometimes that's the way life is, isn't it? We minding our business, and then all of a sudden we have a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Let me just tell you how Alexander's day starts out. He says, I went to sleep with gum in my mouth, and now there's gum in my hair. And when I got up out of bed this morning, I tripped on the skateboard. And by mistake, I dropped my favorite sweater in the sink where the water was running. And I could tell it was going to be a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. (laughs) Ever had a day like that? Where it just seemed like, Lord, I just want this day to be over. I know the things that Alexander faced are comical. And he talks about how he had his breakfast cereal and how his brothers got a toy, but all he got was cereal in his bowl. And he just goes on to bemoan the day and everything that happens. He just says, I knew this would be a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. But my brothers and sisters, when we have a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, some serious stuff can happen. August 10th of 2000, my wife and I, we had a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. We were involved in an auto accident that almost took my wife's life. But she was ejected and had to take a year in rehab to learn how to walk again. It was a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day when a person that we pastored 
got word a Sunday morning that her daughter had been found murdered. It was a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. And I could go on and on and on. And many of us here today, you may feel like this is what's happening to me right now, that I'm experiencing a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. I never imagined that things would be where they are. I never thought things would work the way that they are, but we've got to bring the truth. We've got to bring the truth of God's person and the truth of his promise and the truth of his presence in the midst of our suffering and our sorrow and our tough seasons and our rough places and realize that he is still God and that his truth will triumph over all let's go and look at David one of my favorite heroes in the scriptures when David was having a rough day a tough time a tough season the Bible says in 2 Samuel 15 verse 30 watch this that David went up by the ascent of the Mount of Olives and notice what it says and he wept as he went. And he had his head covered, and he went barefoot. And all the people who were with him covered their heads and went up, weeping as they went. Let me tell you the context of the story, because it would take far too much time reading all of the scriptures. So I'm just going to narrate the story for you to help you appreciate this place where David is. His son, Absalom, has swayed and manipulated people's hearts to turn from David and to focus on him. He now finds a band of warriors who's willing to follow him as he leads an attack and a siege upon his father's palace to dethrone his father and to install himself as king. Terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. And David gets word and gets wind. And his attendants say, we have to get you out of here to protect you. Because we don't know what Absalom will do when he comes. And David has to get up the text Singers imply it's the wee hours of the morning. And he has to get up and he leaves in such haste. But the Bible says he just has to cover his head. And he leaves with such haste that the scriptures tell us that he went out barefoot. Now you think about it. What would it take for you to leave your home in the wee hours of the morning barefoot? You don't have time to think. You don't have time to pack a bag. You don't have time to inventory. What do I need to take with me? I've got to move. I, I, I've got to make a swift transition to get out of here just to survive this day. As David is going, he starts to weep. I don't know about you, but sometimes when you have a rough day, a tough time, it can push you to tears. Sometimes you don't know what to say. You don't have the, the, the words, the mental acuity to begin to express what is heavy upon your heart. And all you can do is weep before God. But hear this truth. 
truth about the person of the God that we serve, his character, is that God has a way of taking our tears and interpreting them and the vocabulary and the words and the language that he needs to understand what we're going through. I heard the story recently of a little boy who was in children's church and his children's church teacher told him, she said, Johnny, you're going to pray next week. And so Johnny comes to children's church and she says, okay, kids, let's bow our heads. Johnny's going to pray. And as Johnny began to pray, he said, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z. Frustrated, the Children's church teacher looked at Johnny and said, Johnny, that's not what I asked you to do. I asked you to pray. We're going to bow our heads. I want you to pray. And they bow their heads, and Johnny begins a second time, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. The teacher stops, and she says, Johnny, I told you to be prepared to pray this week. You should have came here ready to pray. I don't know why you're just standing here uh, reciting the alphabet that all of us know. He said, Miss, I thought about it. I didn't know what to say today, so I figured if I give God the letters, he can create the words that I need to say. Listen, sometimes you don't know what to say, and all you can do is just say, God, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. Sometimes our tears become our vocabulary, but God knows the words that they spell. David is weeping. I'm sure he's weeping because as a father, he's brokenhearted at the actions of his son. He's weeping because he knows the rift that this is going to cause in his kingdom. He's weeping because he knows his son has broken divine protocol and the only way this story is going to end is that he knows his son is going to lose his life because of the actions that he's taken. He's weeping because he's driven from the palace he never sought. David was not a politically driven person trying to gain position. He knows he's on the throne because God put him there. He's weeping. Weeping for those around him who has to watch their beloved king be humiliated in the middle of the night. I don't know about you. But this type of event happened to me. Sleeping would probably be the last thing on my mind. But that night, as God would have it, the Bible gives us words that David prays as he's going off to sleep. Now, if it were me, I would probably be a nervous wreck. Is my son going to find me? The last time I was navigating these caves, David might think to himself, was when Saul was after me. And now my son has become my enemy. And in Psalm 3, we hear of a man who knows the person of the God that he serves. He knows the promises of the God that he serves. And he knows the value of the presence of the God that he serves. Can you say that with me? He knows God's person. Yeah, he knows God's person. Come on, he knows God's promises and 
he knows God's presence. This becomes truth for David. It becomes a support that he needs to face into this difficult season. It becomes a thing that gives him the strength to keep on living, to survive this difficult day. And David writes in Psalm 3, hear the words. It begins, Psalm 3 verse 1, a psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. Now remember, the psalms are not just David's personal diary. These are writings intended to be sung in the sanctuary as worship. And David writes and says, Lord, how many have increased who trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many are they who say there is no help for him in God. That's the way it looks, doesn't it? Looks like God forgot him. God's forsaken him. He's there. He's not wearing a crown. He's just got a head covering on. He's not wearing his robe of kingship. He's just in a blanket trying to keep himself warm through the night. He begins to reflect and say, God, I got a lot of enemies, even my own son. They're saying that you're going to let me down. You're going to fail me. You've forgotten about me, that there is no help to be found. But you, verse 3, oh, Lord, are a shield for me. You are my glory and the lifter of my head. See, David takes the truth of the God that he knows, the person of God and the promise of God and the presence of God, and he brings it into the reality of the situation that he's walking through. And he says, I've got all of this against me, but I refuse to just look at what's against me. I'm going to also look at who's for me. All this morning, I challenge you to just pause from looking at what's against you and begin to look at who's for you. Hallelujah. You, O oh Lord, are a shield for me. Hear what he says. You are my glory. You are the one who lifts up my head. Can you imagine David traversing the hillsides and the, and the cliffs and the caves and the cavernous nature of, of the mountains there? That he has no shoes on his feet. And you can imagine that his feet have become cut and open and, and maybe broken his toes trying to move swiftly and hastily and he has to keep his head down because of the, the traverse and the journey that he's on but he says to God even though my head may be down today you are the one that's going to come and lift my head up you're going to give me hope again that this is not going to be the end you are going to figure out a way to get me up out of this situation Would you stand with me? David says in verse 4, I cried to the Lord with my voice and he heard me. See, I know God's person and I understand God's promise and I know the value of his presence and I know when I cry, he's going to listen. He may not answer, he may not respond, but I know when I cry that God is going to hear me. 
Listen, and then in verse 5, he says these words that every time I read them, I'm confronted with contradiction. That that night, David laid down and said, God, I'm going to sleep. And he went to bed the night and he woke up and he says, I went to bed, I laid down, I slept, I woke up because the Lord sustained me. God was the one who kept me through this night. If, if my enemies had their way, they would have attacked me. But God is the one who is sustaining me. Listen to me. If you're in a hard place, if you're in a dark season, you're in a lonely place, or you're in a, you're in a tough place, and you're just trying to survive, listen, it's the Lord that's sustaining you. His grace will sustain you. His mercy will keep you. His peace will anchor you in the midst of the storm that we walk through. And David says, I know the God that I serve so well. He has such a track record, such a resume that he's built with me. He says, I will not be afraid of 10,000 people who set themselves against me. If you're here this morning, you say, preacher, I'm in a tough place. You know, one of the things that is an unintended consequence for us as believers is we have our Christianese. So sometimes we ask one another, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. And the unintended, I believe that because I believe we are blessed. I believe that Weeping endures for a night. I believe that joy is coming in the morning. I believe that we serve a God who can turn mourning into dancing. But until he turns it, I'm still mourning. And until the morning comes, I'm still weeping through the night. And sometimes we feel the unintended consequence is that we never get to be honest and vulnerable with each other. We never take our mask off and say, I'm hurting. Somebody to pray for me. And so this morning, as the ministry leaders come to meet you at the altar, if you're here and you just say, Preacher, I'm in a fight. Nobody would know I'm in a fight. Nobody knows how far your child is from God right now, but you're going to fight for them. Nobody knows that you are trying to progress in life, but it seems like every time you take a step forward, the devil is there to meet you with demonic resistance. You're in a fight. You're just being a good steward of your body, going to the doctors we're directed to do, and you got the, you got the diagnosis that nobody would ever associate with your name. You're in a fight. Maybe you and your spouse are going through a tough season, a rough time. You say, man of God, I'm in a fight. Listen, we're going to believe the character, the nature of the God that we serve, the truth of God's person. We're going to believe his promise. 
and we're going to believe the truth of his presence that he says, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. And I want to tell you this is a safe place that you could take your armor off, you could put your mask down, and you could say, I need prayer. If that's you, make your way here. The leaders are here. They're waiting. And you know the beautiful part of it is if you come weeping, they're not going to laugh. They're going to weep with you. And if you come shouldering your heaviness, they're not going to leave you. They're going to help you bear under the weight of the burden. You, O oh Lord, are a shield for me. You are the one who protects me. You are my glory. You are the lifter of my head. Come. You're not in this alone. God is with you. And your brother and your brothers and sisters are with you. Amen. We hope that you learned something from this message and are able to apply it to your life. If you gave your life to Jesus for the first time or the 10th time, reach out to us on Facebook or email us at info at celebrationchurch.net. Thank you for listening and we'll see you again next week.